Today is part three in our series entitled Dearly Beloved, and uh, we're going to look in Deuteronomy 28, so I would encourage you to take the Bible that you brought with you or that's on your phone or however you've got the Bible with you. Turn to Deuteronomy 28 so we can, uh, we can read it together there, because uh, there's nothing like reading the Word of the Lord and letting it sink into our hearts and minds. Um, I heard this week on the radio that uh, more and more uh, millennials are finding that it doesn't do them much good to, to take notes on a computer screen because they don't remember them as much as if they take notes on a piece of paper. Isn't that an interesting thing? Uh, probably many of us grew up taking notes on paper and we tried the whole computer thing and it might have worked for you, it didn't, but interesting thing that they're finding. I would say the same thing when we talk about reading the Bible, that uh, reading it, whether it's on the screen or on the page, uh, what's most important is that we actually read it. Uh, not just listen to somebody else read it, but we read it as well because it begins to begin ingrained in us. So Deuteronomy 28, beginning at verse 2, we're going to read it up to 14. All these things will come upon you and overtake you if uh, you obey the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country, and blessed shall you be, or blessed shall the offspring of your body be, and the produce of your ground, and the offspring of your beasts, and the increase of your herd, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. And the Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you, and they will come out against you one way, and will flee before you seven ways." And the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to do. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. And the Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself as he swore to you, if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. So all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body, and the offspring of your beast, and in the produce of your ground, and in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. And the Lord will open for you his good storehouses, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you a head and not the tail, and you will only be above, and you will not be underneath, if you will listen to the commands of the Lord your God, which I charge you today to observe them carefully, and do not turn aside from any of the words which I command you today, neither to the right nor to the left, or to go after other gods to serve them. Dearly beloved, blessed by God. Lord, I pray you would help us to hear your word, to understand it, to receive it, and apply it. Thank you that you have chosen to speak such a powerful and a mighty word to us, a word of truth and a word of grace that we are not deserving of. Lord, may we receive this, Lord, humbly. May we receive it with great faith to believe that what it is is truth and it can transform our lives as we believe it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about being blessed by God, and uh, this is one of those messages that if you don't listen too carefully, uh, you might just think that uh, the Bible has something about health, wealth, and prosperity in it. Uh, it does. Uh, this is not a health, wealth, and prosperity uh, church or sermon, but what we want to do is, is understand what God offers to his children, you, me, his dearly beloved. What does he offer to us and uh, the things that he wants to give to us to bless us. So I heard the story that was told of a, 
of a boy that was graduating from high school, and uh, this kind of the season of that, of graduations and whatnot, and he wanted to get a car, and he, he thought that he was going to get a car for graduation, so he would have a, a new car, or new to him, to drive off to college in. On graduation, then his parents were there, and then they had the graduation party, and at the party they gave him a Bible. He was so mad at his dad that he got a Bible instead of a car that he threw the Bible in the back seat of the clunker he'd been driving through high school and he drove off and he did not speak to his dad for over 10 years because his dad did not buy him a car for graduation. 10 years go by, he decided to open up that Bible and take a look at it because after all, He'd had it all these years and hadn't done anything with it. When he opened it up, inside of that Bible, there was a key to a new car. His dad wanted him to have the Word of God. He wanted him to have something that would last, something that would, that would even go beyond a car. But he loved his son, and even though his son was obviously very presumptuous, and maybe even a little bit like with his hand out, his dad still loved him enough to lavish on him something that maybe he didn't deserve. But he missed it, all because he wasn't willing to take what his father gave him as well. He could have received both the blessings, but instead he missed it for those many years. I want you to understand today that that God wants to bless you. He wants to bless us, and it is with many things. It's with the eternal blessings, the supernatural blessings, the things that will last far beyond this life. But it also is with the temporal blessings and the natural blessings. And... um, One of the things you can't do uh, when you're reading the Bible, you can't find any place where people are obedient to God and he neglects them. You cannot find any place in Scripture where people are obedient to God and God just washes his hands and says, do what you can, we'll see you at the other end. Uh, God is always interacting with, he is always... um, coming to go alongside of us. He even took on flesh to walk beside us on this earth so that he might show us how much we mean to him and how much he loves us. And he blesses people. And he, of course, gives us increase, prosperity, safety, and security, number one, in spiritual ways, but number two, also even in natural ways. And so I want to give to you, before we get into uh, maybe the rest of the meat of this message, I want to give to you five uh, key biblical points of blessing that come from understanding blessing from all of Scripture. I'm not going to give you individual Scriptures on this, although I will as the message progresses. But just five key biblical points of blessing. Do you realize that many of God's blessings, if not most, are reserved specifically for His children? There are people that are not his children, as far as meaning that they're prodigal, that they're out in the world, they're wandering away, they've forsaken God or forgotten or denied God, and most of the blessings that God has prepared are not for them. Now, he has given some because of his provenient grace. The fact that you've got air in your lungs uh, this morning, the fact that you had the ability to get in a car or get picked up by somebody and get here, that was a blessing. That was something that, that, that you weren't and I have not been deserving of. Even to be able to breathe today or walk around today, we're not deserving of it. That's a blessing. But he has other rich and powerful blessings that he has reserved primarily for his children. The second biblical point of blessing is that you recognize God blesses obedience, but he punishes disobedience. I love this about God because sometimes, you know, we might complain about how life isn't fair. 
But the truth of the matter is, is we, we don't really want it to be fair when it's regarding the punishment that would come to us. We don't really want it to be fair when it comes to the consequences that we rightfully deserve. We want grace in those situations. We only want it to be fair when it seems like they're getting more than I'm getting. Hey, that's not fair, right? But don't you love the fact that God is equally a God of righteousness and justice and a God of love and of mercy and grace because therefore he is going to set everything right in the end one day but he's also giving us grace upon grace and mercy upon mercy that, that we're not deserving of. So first key point, most of God's blessings are reserved for his children. Second is that God blesses obedience but punishes disobedience. Third is that God blesses those who bless his children and curses those who curse his children. This is straight from scripture that God does that. <clears throat> the fourth is that God blesses you and me in order to demonstrate his love and grace but his blessing means more than our happiness. He doesn't want to bless us primarily or solely for our happiness, but actually for our holiness and purity so that therefore we can be truly, eternally happy. And so God's blessing is more about our holiness than it is about our momentary happiness. And then the fifth one, and this one is, is very important. I'm going to actually say it twice so you, you can get it. You and I cannot claim the blessings of God or even pray for the blessings of God if we are walking in an unholy, unchristlike way. We first must pray for a clean heart and His Spirit to be in complete control of our heart, and then we may ask for blessings. I said I'll repeat it, and so I want you to hear that. You and I can't claim the blessings of God if we're simultaneously walking in disobedience. We can't even ask God to bless us while we know that we're walking in disobedience unless first we stop and we say, God, forgive me and cleanse me so that I can walk in your way, and then we can ask for blessings. And it's, it's just as simple as this. Your kid comes to you and says, I want ice cream, and you say, did you finish cleaning your room? And say, well, no, but I want ice cream and I want it now. And, well, no, until your room's clean, you're not getting anything else, right? We understand this concept with our kids. We also understand what would happen if we said, well, you know what? I'll just give you ice cream anyway. You haven't done your room, you haven't done your chores, but you can have ice cream anyway. We understand that that begins to set them up for an expectancy of, I don't have to do what I'm told. I don't have to develop habits of discipline and of proper behavior and Dad or mom's still going to bless me anyway. And so we understand that God doesn't bless disobedience, never has, and never will. Now, we're going to have a little fun here this morning, and I, there is absolutely no way we'll get through the message, because I promise you I have 15 points in the message. They're all biblical. It's all from an examination of the blessings that took place Old and New Testament. We won't get through them all, uh, but it's rich, and it, it's enlivened my own heart and life, and I want to give it to you as much as I'm able to fit in the next 30 minutes. So, uh, number one, <clears throat> uh, God's blessing comes by his word spoken to us. We've, we've got it written as well, uh, but written and spoken to us is where God's blessing comes from. For instance, Genesis 1.22, right at the beginning, they're in the Garden of Eden. God is just first now talking to Adam and Eve after he's created them. And it says, God blessed them, saying... Be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the birds multiply on the earth. God blessed them, speaking to them. So the first way that we get God's blessing is because he has spoken his word to us. He's written his word to us. 
recognize that God's words of instruction are as much a blessing as his words of promise or of gifting. Because when he's giving us instruction to protect us or to deliver us or to help us to find the holy way, that is just as much a blessing as when he says, oh yeah, and I want to give you this and I want to give you that as well. It's just as much a blessing for him to instruct us as to bless us with promises. Uh, Genesis 48, so at the end of that very first book of the Bible there, when Jacob has Joseph come to him after they've been living in Egypt for a while, and Joseph has now had his kids in Egypt, and they come to him, and Jacob, the wise old man who's been, been changed from deceiver, Jacob meaning deceiver, to now Israel, you know, the place where God's favor and anointing is on, and he was blessed by him, then now, now Israel, also known as Jacob, he decides to bless his kids and his grandkids, and he says to his son Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me at Luz in the land of Canaan, and he blessed me. And he said to me, Behold, I will make you fruitful and numerous, and I will make you a company of people, and will give this land to your descendants as an everlasting possession. Jacob says that when God spoke to him, he was blessed. Kind of like this. Have you ever been around somebody or, or, or met somebody that you thought was famous or important? Maybe they sang in a concert you went to. Maybe they played a sport. And you shook their hand. And you were like, I'm never washing that hand because that hand touched that person, right? And you've seen that on television. Maybe you've done that yourself. I'm never washing that hand. And you, got, you can't wait to tell people, do you know whose hand I shook? Do you know who I got to meet? Because you've considered it something exciting. Some way it, in, it, it, it gave you some momentary joy to know you met somebody that you thought was important. What about... If you got a phone call from that same person, do you know who called me today? So-and-so called me. It was amazing because you would feel some manner of blessing or, or momentary happiness that you were called by somebody you thought was important. How much more if the God of the universe says, picks up the phone, calls you and says, hey, I know your name, I've got your number, you would hang up that phone and say, you wouldn't believe it. God talked to me today. I've been blessed because we know what a blessing it is to just hear the voice of God. We also know what agony it is when it feels like we can't hear the voice of God. And I would encourage you, if you're in a season of life where you say, I know it's a blessing to hear God's voice, but it feels like he's been so far from me. Keep praying and open up the Bible and read and find that God will do it. Sometimes I've prayed before for 30, 45 minutes or an hour, and I'd say, God, where are you? Here I am. And I'll lay out on the ground, or I'll kneel at the altar, and I'll say, God, I'm here. And, you know, you said you'd meet me, and, and I don't understand. I've been praying, and I just don't feel like my prayers are getting anywhere. And somewhere, 45 minutes into that, all of a sudden there's this, like, dawning on my mind or heart where I hear this, not an audible, but just a still small voice, I am here. I'm like, oh, there you are, God. Where have you been all this time? And he says, look back on this last 45 minutes and see if I wasn't right there with you. And it's, it's happened where I say, oh, you were with me because when I prayed that 20 minutes ago and I thought you didn't hear me, I instantly felt a comfort or a peace. And I remember saying that to you about how I was frustrated with that and I, and I felt like you weren't with me and I instantly heard a promise of scripture that said you would take care of it. How did I miss that you were right here with me the whole time? Because we know it's a blessing to hear God's voice. Well, number two, God blesses us not only by letting us hear his voice, but he blesses us, and this may be one of the most significant and powerful ways, by saving and sanctifying us. 
Psalm 32.1, How blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Right? You ever had a big bill or a big debt and somebody else paid it for you? You're like, really? You don't have to do that. No, I want to do that. Really? Are you sure? Do you know how much that costs? No, I want to do that for you. It's just my way of showing you that I love you. And God says, your sins are covered. I will forgive your sins. I will give you a new heart. I'll take from you your old, nasty, vile heart, and I'll give you a new one. God blesses us by saving us. How blessed we are whose sin is forgiven, whose sin is covered. But then we also know sanctifying us. Uh, we're blessed when God sanctifies us. Genesis 2-3, Genesis, um, right there out of the Garden of Eden, it says God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. When God blesses things, he sanctifies or makes them holy. Because to make it holy, what better blessing could you imagine? I'm cleansed of all sin. I'm purified of all iniquity. My shame is gone. My guilt is gone. The things that were tempting me and destroying me are dethroned from my life. And now Christ himself lives on my heart. And he's preparing a place in heaven for me. And he's preparing me for that place in heaven. What better blessing could there possibly be than for God to make you holy? Right? Honestly, <clears throat> Watchman Nee said this, and probably all of us have said this at some point, but Watchman Nee said it's not very long at all before a, a person of, of God realizes they are their own worst enemy or their own stumbling block to their own growth. We like to point the fingers, but have you ever recognized that we're the ones that do the goofy things that mess ourselves up? But God says, I'll sanctify you, and I'll bless you by my sanctifying or making you holy. So he blesses us by his word. He blesses by saving and sanctifying. Third, God blesses us by inviting us to participate in his kingdom ways, his creative and his redemptive ways. He invites us to do the things that he does. So God has made things. He's remade things. He's imagined things for other people, right? God invites us to participate in those kingdom ways. Matter of fact, Jesus said, I've given you the keys of the kingdom, so that therefore you can unlock the kingdom on earth as in heaven. Through prayer, through faith and obedience, you can bring it to earth. What a blessing it is to be able to participate in the same things that God participates in. Right? When you give a gift to somebody that you have just thought over and that you have planned over and you've searched Pinterest forever and ever over and all of a sudden it's the right gift and you got it for them and then you, you give it to them and their eyes light up and you just can tell they love it and they're ecstatic with that, that joy of receiving that gift. Well, you're doing or you're participating in what God has done in his kingdom ways where he's lavishing gifts on us and he's stepping back and saying, watch. Watch what happens when they get this gift. They're going to be so happy, right? Um, so we stand around these days, and you can't have a monumentous occasion without somebody taking a picture or a video of it, right? Because they're like, it's so important. You know, I wonder if God's taking a picture in his mind's eye of the times that you and I received a gift from him, and it just made his, his heart leap that you were overjoyed. So God invites us to participate in his kingdom ways. Genesis 9-1, God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Well, who multiplied? Who was fruitful and multiplied first and filled the earth? Well, God did. He did it first so that we could participate in his kingdom ways. And if Jesus did it before and he said, the things that I have done, you will do even greater isn't it awesome that we can participate in those things? If you haven't checked out the book by Lee Strobel yet, go and buy the book by Lee Strobel. It came out this last month or the month before. 
and it's called The Case for Miracles. And it's, it's uh, a skeptic, of course he's not a skeptic anymore, uh, but, but, but a skeptic's view or a journalist's view at does the supernatural still happen today? Does the anointing at the altar actually do anything more than just kind of make you feel good? Absolutely it does. And he is one who has examined the evidences of it to go along with our faith because we have faith and we get to see. So God invites us to participate in his kingdom ways, including praying for people to be healed, including uh, even raising the dead, believe it or not. And there's evidences of those. So number four, God blesses those who bless his children his chosen ones, his beloved. So, but he curses those who curse his children. Uh, it's a great reminder that God is our protector. He watches over us. He takes care of us. That he's not going to leave us alone, neglected or forsaken. Genesis 12, 3. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Have you ever considered that God's blessings to other people could come through you? They could come through your words? They could come through your hands. They could come through your feet or your generosity. God blesses those who bless his children. And so it's the same thing that when someone takes care of your kids, you want to honor them. And when someone abuses your kids, you want to grab your kids up and take them out of that situation because they're, they're threatening the safety and the, and the livelihood of your kids. And God is that way. He blesses those who bless his children. Proverbs 10.7 actually says, The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. I want to have a blessed name. I want people to remember my name and put a smile on their face. Every now and again you have somebody's name from your past that, comes across your Facebook or your email or your text messaging or somebody mentions it in conversation and instead of you rejoicing, you're like, oh boy. And you're thrown right back into that old situation of what they did to you or what they said and you have to choose to forgive and walk away because sometimes people's names and the way they've treated us isn't a blessing to us, but we are to be a blessing to other people and we are to have this name of, of blessedness and of righteousness that would bless other people. Number five, blessing comes through our obedience. Blessing comes through our obedience. Genesis twenty two eighteen says, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed me. Everybody on earth, this, he's talking to Abraham, but you know what? You probably sang it in children's church, right? Father Abraham, you know, had many kids and I'm one of them. If you're, if you're a Christian and you are a child of faith, a child of promise, then yeah, Abraham, the father of faith, in a sense, is your spiritual father. And, and we know that he was speaking to Abraham, but he's speaking to us as well. In our obedience, in our following by faith, all of the nations of the world will be blessed. Would people say that in their interactions with you that they were blessed? I hope so. I can honestly say that uh, there have been times when they would absolutely not have said that about me. I believe with certainty there have been times that others would say yes because of my interaction with Mike. I was blessed. But that comes as the Lord allows his uh, grace and his favor to rest on us, which he always does if we will receive it. And through our obedience, then we can be a blessing to others and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because we have obeyed his voice. I said this earlier, and I just kind of want to remind you of this again. God cannot bless sin. 
He cannot bless disobedience. He cannot bless us aligning with the darkness or listening to the voice of the enemy or walking in the ways of the world. He can't do that. He won't do that. It's contrary to his nature. And he has the perfect understanding and wisdom and discernment to know what should be blessed and what should not be blessed. And he will bless our obedience that comes by faith. Psalm 119.2, How blessed are those who observe his testimonies, who seek him with all their heart. And then in Luke 11.28, when Jesus was speaking, he said, Blessed are those who hear the word of God and observe it. I think one of my favorite stories that, that I've heard, it was from Francis Chan, and maybe you have heard it before yourself, and he was talking about his kids, and he told his kids to go, to go clean their room. <clears throat> and it was a fictitious story, by the way. But he said, if I tell my kids to go clean the room, and I come back in a week, and I say, did you clean your room? And they say, no, Dad, I, I didn't clean my room. But, but I got together with my friends, and we talked about what it would be like to clean my room. Go clean your room. And a week later, he comes back. Did you clean your room? Well, well, no, Dad, I didn't. But I memorized what you said, even in Greek and Hebrew. Go clean your room. Go clean your room. And you kind of follow this understanding that there's one thing to talk about it. There's one thing to even say, well, I have an intention to one day get around to it. It's another to actually obey the voice of the Lord and say, yes, Lord, I went make disciples. Yes, Lord, I obeyed your voice and I loved my neighbor like I was supposed to love my neighbor. I couldn't do it alone. I did it by your strength, by your spirit within me. But yes, Lord, I'm obeying. And he says, I'm going to bless that obedience. Now, I would also say, and this is where the, the blessings of God begin to get very rich and powerful, more than we could ever probably ask, think, or imagine. Did you know that, number six, God blesses the lives of his faithful, persevering, and obedient children in every way. In every way. If you are faithful and persevering and obedient, in every way God will bless you. Genesis 24.1. Now Abraham, Abraham was old, he was advanced in age, and the Lord had blessed Abraham in every way. Deuteronomy 2.7, For the Lord your God has blessed you in all that you have done. He has known your wanderings through the great wilderness. These 40 years the Lord your God has been with you. You have not lacked a thing. Now I imagine some of those people in the wilderness did not describe their wilderness wanderings as a blessing. But he said, you've been blessed in all kinds of ways and it's been amazing and you've not lacked a thing and I've been with you. So I look back on my own family and I was reading the, my great-grandfather's journal to my kids this week. So he hand-wrote it when he was about 50 years old. And he's writing about <clears throat> the story of his life growing up in 1910 in Chicago. Very rough environment. And his dad was a bricklayer, and he would get paid on either Friday or Saturday for the whole week's worth of work. And he would stop by the tavern to just get one drink on the way home. Until the whole paycheck was gone. And he got home with pennies in his pocket to support his whole family. And it happened week after week after week to where uh, my, my great-great-grandmother and then all the kids had to go and clean up. They would pick up coal off the tracks to try to sell it, to try to do whatever they could. They would do, she would pick up laundry jobs, doing laundry for some of the wealthier people in town, and, uh, and just to try to feed the kids. But you know what happened along the way? What happened along the way was that my great-grandfather got saved and gave his life to the Lord and started obeying and following him. 
And then my grandfather, his son, was born into that Christian family and he became a Nazarene pastor. And then my dad was born into a Christian family and he had that heritage and he had that influence and then he chose to follow in the ways laid out for him and he accepted the Lord Jesus. And let me tell you, there have been times that my family has talked about, you know, not having food to eat that day. And God came through and blessed us and we didn't go hungry. We didn't have a house or a car and someone... In one instance, someone bought a house for us to live in. Another instance, then someone provided a car for us, and so on and so forth, that we might look back and say, boy, some of those were wilderness wanderings in the desert. How was that a blessing? But the blessing is, is that you have not lacked a thing. And I could go even further to talk about the prosperity that's gone beyond the basic minimum, where we say, why should I have what I have? Only by the grace of God. Because when you obey he blesses you in every way. Ephesians 1.3 Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now you know this, but you know sometimes people will be resentful, judgmental, or jealous of the blessing God has placed on you. Don't do that to other people. Don't resent the fact or be jealous or envious of the fact that they have a blessing from God. Jesus even gave us a parable about that. Remember the ones that went to work first part of the day and he gave them a denarius and then later in the day and a denarius and later in the day and they were begrudging the fact that these other people got blessings and, well, we should have more. Don't do that. Accept that it was a blessing that, that, that God has chosen to give you and it's grace upon grace that you haven't earned and you haven't deserved and let that begin to breed gratefulness in your heart to the Lord. Because think about Esau. And Jacob, in Genesis 27, Esau bore a, a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing with which his father had blessed him. And Esau said to himself, the days of mourning for my father are near, then I will kill my brother Jacob. When we allow jealousy to take root because of somebody else's blessings, you might not kill them, but you might harbor bitterness or murderous thoughts in your heart towards them. I can't believe they got blessed that way. I'm better than they are. I can't believe they got that favor that way when I've done this and that. No, don't begrudge anyone of the blessings that God has placed in their life. Only seek to live in a way that God would bless you because of your obedience and your faith. I would say to you this, did you know God blesses you and I with blessings that are perfectly prepared and suited for each of us? So this is still when Jacob has all of his kids and grandkids coming to him and he's blessing them. And it's beautiful. It says, of all of these 12 tribes of Israel, this is what their father said to them when he blessed them. He blessed them, everyone, with a blessing appropriate to them. If I got your blessing, I might not even recognize it as a blessing. If you got mine, you might not recognize it. It might not help you because remember, blessing is as much about your holiness as your temporary happiness, even more so about your holiness. And so God gives to us the appropriate blessing for each one of us to help us to move along that path towards Christ-likeness with ever-increasing glory. I'm only going to give you one more point this morning and then we'll visit a little bit more in the future about the blessings from God. <clears throat> But I want you to recognize that scriptures abound with the reality that a blessed life is a life of patient endurance and faithfulness regardless of what's going on around you. 
regardless of what's going on. I mean, Scripture is full of examples that a blessed life is a life of patient endurance and faithfulness. James 1.12 says, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. James goes on later and says, We count those blessed who endured. Scripture is just rife with example of how your life can be blessed if you have patient endurance and faithfulness no matter what. I was reading a book this week. In the book, <clears throat> the, uh, the, the, the main character of the book is walking along with his hero, the guy that's mentoring him and helping him. The hero looks over and pushes him into the pool. They're fully dressed. It's cold outside. There's no pool-type experience that anybody's anticipating. This is out of the ordinary. They're just walking along, and the guy pushes him in. This is his mentor and his hero, and he pushes him in. And he gets out of the pool, and he says, What was that all about? And he said, Well, I thought you might need a lesson that would help you with the rest of your life. I needed a lesson, so you pushed me in the pool? What do you mean by that? And he said, Well... Every day for the rest of your life, people are going to push you in a pool. And when you get out of that pool, how are you going to react? Are you going to be filled with rage and anger? Are you going to seek to revenge? Are you going to hold a grudge or bitterness in your heart? Are you going to get out and find the joy in living and in forgiving and you move on? Because every day for the rest of your life, somebody's going to push you into a pool. That's what the book said that I was reading. But the scriptures say that the reality of a blessed life is a life of patient endurance and faithfulness in the midst of suffering or difficulty, no matter the circumstance. 1 Peter 3, 14 even talks about suffering for the sake of righteousness and how that brings blessing. Uh, I don't know that I want to sign up to be a martyr, But let me tell you, some of these martyrs throughout the pages of history and of time that have died for their faith in Christ, you know they were blessed. Not just just when they left this world, but they were blessed because of the nearness of God that gave them such solid conviction and firm footing and a deep-seated awareness that God was with them that they would never give up the eternal for the temporary. They just knew they were blessed. And like I said, I don't know that I want to sign up for that, but on the other hand, if we can know the nearness of God and and the firmness of standing upon His Word unshaken, and we can say, God, I know You're with me no matter the circumstances, and we can get out of the pool after somebody pushed us in, and we can find the joy in living and forgiving anyway, I think we will find that the blessings are a lot closer than we realize. That comes through gratefulness and through perseverance. And through thankfulness. I want to close with a story that's told about Henry Nouwen, actually told by Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen is a, uh, was a priest, and um, he was serving in Canada, and he was uh, serving in a home for people who had physical disabilities. And so he, people that were living there because perhaps they couldn't live on their own and they needed some assistance. And so <clears throat> Henry Nouwen talks about the fact that to give someone else a blessing is the most significant affirmation you and I can offer. And he tells this story about how he went to this daybreak community in Toronto. And there were severely mentally and physically disabled people who live in this community. And in this place, he had this one lady named Janet who came up to him. And she said, would you bless me? And he said, well, sure. And he put the sign of the cross on her forehead. And she said, no, I want a real blessing. 
And so he went back and he prayed about it. And he said, at the next time that we meet, he said, for church, I'll, I'll have a real blessing for you. And it, it, we know it was a blessing to, to remind her of what happened on the cross. But yet, in her mind, she wanted something different. So he's praying about it, and ch- the end of the church service comes, and there's 30 of these persons that are there, uh, that, that, that different backgrounds and different limitations. And Janet gets up, and he was trying to figure out, what is she expecting? Lord, what do you need me to give to her? Most of all. And she walked down to the front and she grabbed a hold of Henry Nowen in a big hug and laid her head against his chest. And he said he knew in that moment what it was to bless her with the blessings that, that God would use through him to give to her. And this is what he said. He said, Janet, I want you to know that you are God's beloved daughter. You are precious in God's eyes. Your beautiful smile, your kindness to people in your house, and all the good things that you do show what a beautiful human being you are. I know sometimes you feel low these days and there's some sadness in your heart, but I want you to remember who you are. A very special person, deeply loved by God, and deeply loved by the people who are here with you. He said she looked up from leaning on his chest with a beaming smile on her face Because she received those words of encouragement and of truth to her heart. We don't need to be people who only receive blessings and want the blessings for ourselves. We need to be people who bless others. And you notice that when we leave out of here every Sunday, I want to bless you in some way. And I... And I lift my hands up and kind of, what what is that? That's kind of weird, right? Well, Paul says, grace and peace be to you. And he says it in all these different books. And I came to the conclusion in my own journey that either Paul was just using flowery language because he knows how to write a letter. Grace and peace, sincerely yours. Or he knew there was something supernatural about speaking God's words over people's lives. And when he said grace and peace to you, he was intending from my words, because I've heard them from God's lips, from my words you can actually receive God's grace and God's peace if you will receive it. If you believe that God himself is saying grace to you and peace to you, and you believe it in your heart, you can receive a blessing from God even through the words of a human. Because they aren't our words, they're his words. We're just letting him use our mouths. And so I want you to be a blessing to people. Receive from the Lord because he wants to bountifully lavish them on you, but then give them away to other people. 1 Samuel chapter 8, Solomon finished praying a prayer and he prayed it over the whole kingdom And he he arose from before the altar of the Lord, from kneeling on his knees, and with his hands spread towards heaven, he stood and he blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice. And this is what Solomon said. He said, Blessed be the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he has promised. Not one word has failed of all of God's good promises, which he promised through Moses, his servant. He put his hands towards heaven to give thanks and praise and pledge allegiance to the God above, but he also lifted out his hands that he would bless the people who would receive it, that God has given us every good thing that we have. Lord, I pray that you would help us to recognize that every good and perfect gift comes from you, the Father of heavenly lights. We thank you that you look down upon us And you walk among us, and you prepare ways for us, and you hem us in behind and before, because you love us. We thank you, Lord, that you do not 
abandon us to the grave. You do not abandon us to Sheol. You do not abandon us, Lord, even to our own devices, but rather, Lord, you reach down. And in love and compassion and in grace, grace and mercy, you offer us, Lord, your blessings. Blessings that will, that will bring us unto holiness. Blessings that will bring us to your side. Lord, we know that you, you can't bless our disobedience, so Lord, we pray, would you, would you rid us of our disobedience by cleansing our heart and putting a, an, an unction in our heart to serve you and you alone with, with a wholehearted purity of devotion and allegiance to you, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would help us to indeed receive the blessings that you prepared beforehand, even before we were born. Lord, that you have been preparing to give to us and lavish on us, but may we receive them, Lord, as a conduit so it would flow through us to others. Lord, may we speak truth into people's lives. May we speak grace into people's lives and love. And may we bless the world as you bless us. Oh God, I pray that we would not be so concerned with temporary or material advancement that we miss the eternal blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us beyond all measure. We certainly are not worthy, but we, we say thank you, Lord, and we even accept it. For what else would we do? We would dare not reject your gracious and free gifts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. I know he will guide you in your paths as you follow him and lean on him. Grace and peace go with God.